Mostly Harmless is brought to you by the Ratio Sessions at Ratio Beer Works, bringing you quality acoustic performances from some of your favorite bands. Stop by Ratio Beer Works Monday, November 28th to see a rare acoustic performance from Together Pangea before their show that evening at the Moon Room at Summit Music Hall. Stop by sessions.ratiobeerworks.com to find past acoustic sets from artists like The Minzikers, Teenage Bottle Rocket, Small Brown Bike, and more. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Most of the Helmets podcast. I'm your host, Damon Damien. All right, buddies, we are back with another super exciting episode because this week I'm hanging out and I'm day drinking at Ratio Beer Works with some of my good buddies in the band Meat Wave from Chicago. And uh, like most episodes of Most of the Harmless, this is way less of an interview, and it's more of an informal chat. Really, it's just four guys hanging out, drinking beers, and shooting the shit, that, and it just happens to be recorded for your listening pleasures. And I've got to tell you, I really, 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 really like the guys in Meat Wave a whole hell of a lot. Uh, they are just some of the nicest, sweetest guys in music, and there are no airs about them. Chris, Joe, and Ryan are just three sweet, great, down-to-earth guys who play fantastic tunes, and I really, really, really have liked hanging out with them the few times they've come through town. I've been fortunate enough, I got to host a ratio of sessions with these guys, and uh, we got to hang out and chat then. Uh, they came back through ratio and played again, and uh, we got to hang out that night, too. And I've, uh, you know, I, I spent a lot of time hanging out with Meat Wave at Ratio, and uh, hopefully this won't be the last time. But speaking of fantastic tunes, Meat Wave are currently on tour with Pup, and the two bands uh, played two shows in Colorado Spring. In Colorado, uh, they played Thursday night in Colorado Springs, and it was the first real snow of the season. Uh, it was cold, it was wet, it was nasty. It really wasn't that bad, but just because of the timing and everything, it took us almost four hours to get from Denver to the Springs. And man. It, it was still, it was super worth it to be one of the 100 people who made it out that night to Colorado Springs with the Black Sheep. But goddamn, it was something magical to see Meat Wave take the stage at the Marquee Theater playing in front of 500 people at a sold-out show. Man, they came, they saw, they conquered that sold-out crowd. And, uh, you know, that's not to say the show in the Springs was a bad show. It's just so much easier to blow out a sold-out, enthusiastic crowd than uh, to uh, play for a cold, wet, smaller crowd in the Springs when you really don't know what you're going to expect. But, buddies, uh, enough rambling from me. Let's get into our day-drinking chat with Meat Wave. But before we do that, let's listen to a track from Meat Wave. Now, they've got a new record coming out in February. They just released the first single from that record. Um, I'm going to play that at the end of the episode. Right now, I really, really, really want to play for you the title track from their second record that's out now on Side One Dummy Records. Uh, it's a track called Delusion Moon from the record of the same name, of course. And I've had it stuck in my head all weekend, all day, uh, just constantly. And I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping like some kind of virus I can pass it along to you. And uh, while I enjoy having it in my head, you know, I'd, I'd, let's share the wealth. So enough rambling from me. Uh, this is Delusion Moon from Meat Wave. And then uh, stay tuned for our, uh, our fun little day drinking chat at Ratio B Works. Hi, right, buddies. Delusion Moon. 
Hey, so we're hanging out backstage, or I guess we're like behind the scenes at Ratio, hanging out, drinking some pre-show beers. Oh yeah. This is my buddies and pup. How are? Or, God damn it! <laughs> you guys aren't pup. We could be. You guys are meat waves. Let's just do it all as pup. I'll be Nestor. I'm. I'm I, I'll be honest with you guys. I had lunch with an old, old, old roommate today who just moved back to town after five uh, few years of living away, and he bought me several beers. I went home and took a nap. Had some coffee. Beers. I've had a, I've had like the perfect coffee to beer ratio, and here we are at ratio. I'm on that train, yeah. Um, so we're hanging out with Meat Wave. I'm sorry, you guys aren't pup. I know you guys aren't pup. I'm a dumbass, uh, and I'm not gonna edit any of this out. This is just <laughs> we're we're just off to a great fucking start. Um, this is like the, the let's see the fourth time I've hung out with you guys here. Maybe yeah. third. You guys really like this ratio beer works, huh? We always come here. Yeah, the people yeah. are really nice, and the beer is super good. And yeah, it's it's It'd cool. Be weird to come into town and not stop here, probably. Especially when you guys are playing like ten blocks down the street. It's my pre-show ritual to to park my uh, my car here, walk the ten blocks, come back here after the show, continue to drink, and then catch my Uber home from here. So. How late are they open here? Midnight. Oh, okay. Midnight is I think midnight tonight, and then sometimes you can kind of like we can probably sneak back in afterwards, depending well, on what time you guys get loaded out. Cool. Um, so yeah, so you guys have a really like close connection with Colorado. Your dad lives here, right? He does. Yeah, yeah. we were just there. Uh, yeah, he's he's been here for like five or six years now. Um, so it's like an awesome excuse to come here. Yeah. And we always have a good time because whenever we uh, stay at his house, it's, he always like does it up for us, you know, <laughs> with the beer and it's food. It's like you got brats and burgers in the fridge. Help <laughs> yeah. yourself. He's got a sweet deck. You're like overlooking some mountains and trees and shit. Seen some deers running around there before. Yeah, it's it's cool to see your dad because I've, I've met him at one of the shows here, and he's just so like just like blown away by it all. It's cool to see his face. What does he think of all this uh, meat wave madness? He's cool with it. He he like you know he got me my first guitar, and I think he's he's into it. So yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. It's great that he comes and part. He's he parties <laughs> for sure. He throws down. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's a good entry point. Um, so you guys are you guys all from Chicago or Chicago yeah. area? Yeah. Cool. I'm fascinated with Chicago. Um, as I was just telling you, I'm going to go back again. I always end up going in winter. I never go when it's warm for whatever reason. But um, I love Chicago. If I didn't have so many roots here, I think I would be living in Chicago. Yeah. Um, but it's such a great world and a great music scene. What was it like for you guys growing up in that world of Chicago? Uh, what were your first experiences experiencing music in Chicago for you guys or in that area um well I think like the fact that bigger bands would come to Chicago all the time and we could go out and see them like yeah. pretty much any night of the week if we wanted to um that was really cool and then there's always like local punk bands and just yeah we got you got bands like Naked Raygun who influenced like generations of music you know Dave yeah. Grohl of course rambles on and on about Naked Raygun being his biggest influence and uh, those guys are just in your backyard hanging out all the time yeah I've never seen them have you have you seen them nope no. I've seen no I haven't seen Naked Raygun I you guys are missing out it's awesome yeah I know I almost went sure. to that Peg Boy show I was working though yeah. but cool. but yeah we you know like well we're all from the suburbs of yeah, Chicago sure. originally but like as is, I'm sure, a lot of people yeah, are, you know. Yeah, you can always, like, make a trip. Like, it was always exciting to, like, go down. And I would go to, like, you know, the Metro or something. And I know Joe went to, like, Fireside. And 
that shit. Um, yeah, it, it was always like an exciting thing as a kid nice. to do that. So, growing up in the suburbs, what was your first uh, experience? How did you guys find this musical world? Um, what was your first like experiences ex- finding music and discovering it? Um, for me, it was um, in like the seventh grade. I went to a skate park with my friend Alex in Elgin, and uh, we saw the Brokedowns. Nice, hell yeah, from Elgin. Um, and that was like the first punk band I ever saw. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 26. Uh, how old are you guys? Uh, 30. 33. Oh, okay, cool. You're closer to my age. Got a spread. It's a good spread. It's a good age <laughs> age range of experience. Yeah. And so when you see the Brokedowns in Elgin, what what in that experience when you were like, fuck it, I'm gonna go buy a guitar? Well, I think they were just, uh, they weren't at their peak of uh, awesomeness yet, but um, they were super funny and did not give a shit. And uh, I don't know, it was just uh, like very profound in a way almost, which yeah. is pretty funny to say, but. Um, yeah, they just didn't give a shit, and they were awesome. Nice. I've always liked that band. I've seen them here. They were also not at their peak because they were enjoying too many libations. <laughs> um, so, so how about you guys? What was you guys' first entrance into the music world? Um, like, I, I often well, I often talk about, like, when I was a little boy, I remember discovering Bruce Springsteen, Born in the USA, and listening to that on repeat a yeah, 100,000 sure. fucking times. And then everything I listened to is kind of derivative of that. I don't know about you guys. What was your I Mine's kind of like, my. I decided I wanted to play drums when I was in like kindergarten because of the movie Hocus Pocus. He like Fuck has yeah. a scene where he plays drums. I thought it was really cool. <laughs> and then I'd always been into music since then. And um, some friends wanted to start a band in middle school. And my one friend just had a snare drum. So I like was playing that. And then I was like, well, I need to get a drum set. So I got a job and like saved up and I like- In middle school you got a job? I was, no, I guess I didn't have a job in middle school. I was 14, so I was in high school. Yeah. I got a job. But like the band thing started in middle school. I don't know. I guess I was 13. <laughs> it's all right. I was 13 when I got a drum set. And we did like the talent show, so I don't know what grade that was in, but it was, yeah. I was in middle school playing a talent show with a drum set. That's and awesome. And then uh, come to just meet other people that play music. Yeah. My dad tried to teach me guitar at a young age, but he was like, ah, your hands are too small to teach you when you get bigger. And my hands actually never grew. And it turns <laughs> out my hands are like actually pretty normal size. Yeah. I always, I've always wondered if my father was just like, eh, fuck it, you got no talent, kid. Yeah, he's <laughs> fucking with you. Yeah. How about you? How did you figure out this whole musical thing? Uh, well, I got a record player when I was, I don't know, four or five years old for Christmas. And like a Fisher-Price? Yeah, it actually yeah. was one of those Fisher-Price nice. things. And What's it worth some money now? you still have it? No, I don't know what happened to it. And with that was included a Who record. Nice. I decided I liked music. And uh, I think in fifth grade I got a guitar. I started playing with friends in school. Um, I don't know, seventh grade. And it's and it's all downhill ever since. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's the first song you learned how to play guitar? Uh, probably. It smells like Teen Spirit. I think. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. 
I, I, when my father was teaching me, he, I really, really liked the Beach Boys. Yeah. And I really wanted to play Kokomo. Oh. <laughs> that's it, it's super embarrassing. I don't think I've ever said that to anybody before. Maybe that's what he's like. You want to play Kokomo? Well, my my father. Yeah, that's a whole other different stories. <laughs> he listens to this and he's like, "Do you hate me?" I'm like, "No, you're just a good butt of jokes." Yeah. So uh, at some point, I discovered Nirvana and uh, I started getting into you know heavier rock music, I guess. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've I spent a lot of time at like the Fireside Ball in Chicago in high school. All ages shows was were like normal back then, you know. Yeah. And that's kind of sort of an issue today. Is there's not really a lot of all ages shows. Really? Oh, it's Chicago too. I bet. Yeah. Especially. And um, I think I sort of fear for the future of rock music because of that because yeah. I mean it's hard to get involved in a scene when there really isn't one I guess we're spoiled in Denver there's a bunch of DIY spaces popping up all over the place they get shut down but then another one pops up uh, is there a DIY scene I, I went yeah, to a cool sure. DIY place in Chicago last time I was there near the township I don't know it was like this abandoned building that they had shows in. Uh, I don't know what the hell it was called hmm. could have been Nicey's that was Josh Schneider's uh, uh, well, uh, going up. I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. It was near like Township and like, I believe Revolution Brewing. Oh, maybe Wally World. Yeah, it was probably Wally yeah, World. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, that. Yeah. They just got shut down. Yeah, oh, it's a but they, they do exist. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like... It seems like they exist for like a few months and that's the end of it. And then another one pops up and then that gets shut down. That's where you'll find the younger kids though, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's kind of like you open it up, and if it sticks, it'll it'll stay around for a while. But then, like, a lot a lot of places don't. Yeah. Still, it's kind of like an insider's thing. Yeah. Like you have to somehow know about it. Uh, I don't even. Uh, my friend Heather West was like, "I'm gonna be at this show tonight. You should come hang out." I was like, okay. She wasn't there when I got there. It was me. I think they thought I was like a cop or something because I didn't know anyone there. Yeah. They're like, who the fuck is this guy? Because I didn't know anybody. Do you kids have any marijuana? Yeah. And here I am, you know, I'm 35 years old. I, I wasn't the oldest person there, but I didn't know anybody. But it was fun. I had a great time. Um, but so last night we were, I was hanging out, I was talking to one of my buddies last night. We were watching their set and they were like, how the fuck would you describe this band to somebody? And I'm not going to ask you guys to do that. And we really couldn't figure it out. It was just like this big, heavy noise. And what I like about you guys is you guys sound like a lot of stuff, but you guys make it completely your own. And I was curious, like, where do you guys find that meat wave sound? Is that something that just happens when the three of you get in a room? Or was it just, uh, it's, it's a shitty question, but genuinely curious, like, how did you guys find the voice of Meat Wave and who and what Meat Wave is. I don't know. I think it's kind of always been, there was just kind of unspoken in the beginning. We, we wrote like two songs yeah. and that was kind of the starting point. Um, yeah, I don't it's know. Always, it's always felt pretty organic. Like I, yeah. when we've learned, like Chris will have a song or like a part of a song and bring it to practice. And like, I feel like usually I know pretty much what I want to play as soon as I hear it. Um, I feel like Joe's probably the same way, like it's just like pretty like 
we we play together well, and like I think we understand like the dynamics of yeah. what we're trying to do. I don't know what that is, but I get really satisfied with this like juxtaposition of like heavy or like sweet and sour or like heavy and light. So I think we try to try to make that happen a lot, or I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, it was funny because I was telling my buddy, uh, and I had a few beers last night, so I can't remember which buddy I was talking to. Uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, they're from Chicago. And he goes, oh, it totally makes sense. I hear a lot of Steve Albini in this. Um, like that, uh, God damn it, I can't think of any of them. I've had too many beers today. But you guys, <laughs> but that Chicago, like that, uh, that big noisy sound that he's able to capture in his uh, studios there. Is that definitely an influence, or is that just like happy-go-lucky coincidence? I, th- I think there's like a biting quality to like a lot of Chicago, like Midwestern music. I don't. Yeah. We've talked about it before, uh, but yeah, I don't know. There's just this like underlying anger, or like annoyance, or uh, like hardness to it. Yeah. I like the wall of sound that comes out. It's very. I just saw Dinosaur Jr. for the first time, and oh, cool. I could see you guys like holding your own, opening for like Dinosaur Jr. and stuff like that. That'd be sweet. They're awesome. That would be rad. Yeah. <laughs> Call us. <laughs> Not that I have any means for that. Um, so you guys are about to put out a new record. Excuse me, I don't know the name of it. No, it's not uh, really oh, out there yet. Cool. Well, but then there we, is a new record. We don't have to. T- we don't have to say the name. We'll save that for the press releases. <laughs> but you guys have been touring stupid hard last like year. Yeah. How is that? You know, you, you're 26. Uh, you're 33. You're somewhere in between. I forgot what number you said. Um, how has been the you know the year of living in the van? Taking its taking its toll on you guys and influence this next record. I guess that's two different I think questions. Overall, I feel like uh, touring wasn't. There's there's always like high and low moments, but I feel like we never had any anything like super terrible, except for the van stuff happened. And like, I feel like when you're around people a lot, you like you. I don't know. I feel like it's easier to get along with everybody now that we like know each other than like before. I guess I don't know. Yeah, we've gotten more comfortable with each other and playing in a band, and I think we've gotten better as a band. I think that's because like some bands break up because they can't handle hanging out together. You know, like I don't think we have that. Yeah, I see these guys (laughs) as family pretty much at this point. It's it's funny because it it took me. I shouldn't say it took me. It took my buddy almost four hours to drive to the show last night in the snow. <laughs> and I, you know, I made this stupid statement. And I was like, I travel really well. Because I, I, there's a lot to say about somebody who can just sit in the car in silence and just enjoy, be along for the ride. How do you guys feel, build that time on the road, those 12-hour drives? Um, we play good music and bad music. <laughs> We haven't been playing enough bad music. No, not this time. How do you define bad music? What's bad music? Just uh, shit that is on the radio or <laughs> oh, that yeah. we wouldn't like, listen to or like new metal or shit. It's, you know. Or like just like ridiculous stuff like Stitches, which we haven't, I mean, we haven't really listened to that, but like Stitches would be an example of like something that's funny. I don't know if it's bad, but 
it's no, bad. No, we, it's bad. It's pretty chill. <laughs> we have a pretty chill situation in the band. Usually it's like pretty quiet, peaceful. Sometimes yeah, we don't I mean, play music. Right. If there's nothing to talk about, we don't talk. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and that's fine. And that's totally fine. Yeah. What's the most unusual place you have slept in? Because I've discovered on my, in my journeys, I can sleep just about fucking anywhere. But what's the unusual place you've slept in? Unusual? Well, we've slept in uh, many a parking lot and rest yeah. stops. That's, it's not very unusual. It's, not it's, unusual. it's just uncomfortable, if anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, we stayed, when we were in Madison, we played in this attic that was called the basement and we it was like this dirty ass attic and we after we were done playing we just stayed in the attic and partied in this dirty attic and then slept on the floor nice i mean that's not even that that's like the grimiest yeah. to me really i what do you got <laughs> i feel like there's got to be something yeah, worse than no, that yeah we're bad at this no it's okay <laughs> it's just it's a testament to uh the level you guys are at, I guess, already? I don't know. You guys didn't really like have the grueling years before, because you guys put out the first record, and then the next second one was on Side One Dummy, and that kind of raises the bar, the profile for you guys a little bit. I mean, it's like high, every tour, like highs and lows, like yeah. the best shows and the fucking worst shows. Uh, so it still happens. This tour has been super good for us, um, just because of the circumstances, I guess, but. Yeah, yeah, our we fans were... holding up. Pups, awesome. They're cool guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah knock on that wood. Yeah, um, yeah, everybody's cool. Uh, but if we were out on our own right now, I'm sure we would, you know, have some hardships. Yeah. How was the Violent Soho tour? Really good. Yeah. yeah. They're uh, awesome Australian dudes. They're like some of the coolest people. Yeah. Uh, at Riot Fest, Best Denver this year, they challenged me to a beer drinking contest. Oh. And like handedly, like. I'd barely taken a sip and he had already downed the one beer. <laughs> and I'm yeah, just like, fucking party. And they were like the nicest, sweetest dudes that hang out and party with. They really yeah. are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you guys have been practically living on the road for all this time. What do you guys learn about each other? I mean, you guys are already like family, but what have you discovered about each other that you didn't previously know before uh, being stuck with these guys for days and days on end? Joe has discovered that Chris and I are not morning people. <laughs> Joe's a morning person. Yeah. Oh god, it's the worst. Morning. Uh, I like the morning. When Ryan gets drunk, he likes to DJ. <laughs> <laughs> what kind, what like, kind of jams? Whatever. Nice. He's got it, yeah, he's got it all planned out up there. Yeah, after a sh if we're driving somewhere after a show and I'm drunk, I will, I will want to play music. But nice. when I'm not and it's during the day, I don't really care. Uh, Joe knows a lot about cars, <laughs> which is really good, because I think if it were just Ryan and I, uh, we'd be dead or <laughs> not here. Or in debt, serious debt. Yeah, well, we, yeah. Well, that too. That too. Well, I think we're, we're probably going to be anyway. We're holding yeah. our own on the debt, but, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> Well, that's a good segue. So when you guys get back to Chicago, do you guys still have day jobs? Oh, yeah. 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 What do you guys do when you guys get back home? I work at a couple bars, like a gin bar, which is pretty cool, and um, Empty Bottle, which is a sweet venue sweet. in Chicago. Is that where the... I'm going to be out there December, I think, 8th through the 12th. 
Okay. Yeah. If you guys are home, I'm gonna look you guys all we'll up. Be, yeah, we'll be around. We'll party. Yeah. yeah. Where else do you guys work at? Um, I work at a pizza place called Dante's. It's like New York style pizza. It's really okay. good. Um, Is that a chain? Uh, there's two of them. Okay, that's so not the one I So it's not really right. a chain, but um, yeah, we we were actually talking yesterday or today about how like it's funny to like explain that we've toured around the world to our family because. I think they think it's way more glamorous than it actually is. It's like awesome and really cool to do, but I think it's funny to be like, oh, look, I'm successful, I'm doing this, when you come home and like, you know, you're still working at the pizza place. Yeah, gotta work. Gotta yeah, work. Gotta work. <laughs> not there yet. I mean, I, work, I work at a burrito place when I'm not interviewing bands, you know? Yeah. As and glamorous then, as that is. Right. Cheese, sour cream, pico. <laughs> it's a job, pays the bills. What do you get into when you get back home? Uber and Lyft driver. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, God, I had a good segue that popped in my head and popped out. Oh, so in Chicago, so last time I went to Chicago, I uh, Dennis Buckley from 88 Fingers Louie is yeah. a good friend of mine. Um, and I went, hey, Dennis, what bands in Chicago should I be look on the lookout for? There's Meat Wave, Meat Wave, Meat Wave. You got to talk to Meat Wave. Those are the coolest dudes. They're, they're coming up. And so... What, what is the rest of, uh, how does the rest of Chicago, um, uh, the beers are kicking in, uh, receive you guys? Are, are they stoked about you guys? Too, uh, or I think what's the world just, like for you guys? There's so much going on in Chicago, so it's yeah. hard to tell. I think I, we have a lot of friends and a lot yeah. of friends and bands, and I, like we have fun. I don't know. Nice. I, it's been going well. Uh, but it is fucking huge, and I feel like a lot of people still don't know who we are, and uh, it's just a very small percentage of the population. It's like a niche, you know? Yeah. But I, I feel like we, we can kind of cross over to, to different realms of, like, the music. Yeah, and that's what I like about community. you guys. It's like, you guys are... I don't want to call you guys a punk band, but you guys can play a punk show. You can play... You could even play, like, some of the... Uh, metal doomier stuff too and and still fit in just as well we like all that shit yeah so yeah and I it comes through so. and it's all the, and all that 90s stuff that we all grew up on I'm sure yeah um do you remember the first records you guys ever bought yeah it's the first record you I, I'll go first if you guys want I'll embarrass myself what you got first money I actually spent ca- my own cash money on I still own it color me bad Bought a Color Me Bad CD. I was 14 years old. I'd already been introduced and like, I had Pearl Jam records and stuff and I was looking around a used CD store and I was like, oh, I, used, I love this song. I fucking Color Me Bad. Joe, you CD. go first. Uh, the, the first one I spent my own money on. Uh, I don't really remember that. It's cool, whatever you got. Probably the Wayne's World soundtrack. Nice, that's a good soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. I don't remember which one was first, but uh, I was really into Mortal Kombat, the movie and the game. And I remember I bought the soundtrack on tape, and I bought the Gravity Kill CD. But then I also had bought Smash by Offspring. Yeah. And the guy, I was with my dad, and he's like, is this like okay for like my kid to have? Because I was in like first grade or whatever. And the guy working there's like, oh yeah, it's totally cool. There's like no swears on there or anything, and like that wasn't true. Yeah. So thanks, <laughs> thank that guy, I guess. <laughs> and here you are today. 
Yeah. It's actually funny because the Mortal Kombat soundtrack was the first CD that I ever had. Now that we talk about it, Ninja Turtles, the original Ninja Turtles movie was an early cassette I owned. That's sweet. But I think my parents bought it for me. Uh, sorry, this is all over the place, jumping around. But it's fun. It's cool. I like the idea of just four dudes hanging out, drinking beers in a brewery, talking about life. Sitting around, talking about... <laughs> um, so you guys have this new record coming out. What bullshit question. I, I apologize for asking like one of these hacky questions but what do you guys uh, want to talk about about that new record um I don't know yeah I, <laughs> I, I think it's better than all of our shit that we've done nice we worked really hard on it yeah we worked super hard on it uh we got to record Steve Albini what yeah you didn't tell me that a minute ago when oh. I mentioned his name <laughs> no yeah we did yeah and it was really does anybody cool. else know that that's that's out there the yeah it's probably gonna be going it's yeah. out there, it's I, out there. <laughs> I had no idea I'm a fucking idiot this is how good of uh uh, research I did before this. <laughs> I, cool. There's not. I'll be honest. I, I wasn't sure if we were going to actually do this. So instead of putting <laughs> two hours worth of work into something, I was like, "That oh, will just wing it a bit." This Fuck! You guys recorded with Steve Albini. Yeah. yeah. In that fucking studio. Yeah. yeah. He was great. What? He was a really what? cool guy. That's awesome. Yeah. Like he's a guy I really want to meet. I've listened to so many hours of interviews, and he's so opinionated, such a dickhead, but yet like he's the dickhead you want him to be. That makes sense. Sure. So, what did you guys learn from from the Almighty Steve Albini working with him in that studio? I learned that he's very good at his <laughs> job. Yeah. And um, he was really warm. He was like a really warm guy. Yeah. He was cool. like super invested in it. It was really nice. And it was super quick and raw. You learned about Tom Petty's. No. No. All right. no. <laughs> learned something about Tom Petty. That's okay. Yeah. We'll, Tom we'll hit. We'll hit stop and I, don't want I want to, to hear that story later. Yeah, I don't want to breach any trust there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, delete um, that. And so, like, you know, the Food Fighters have recorded there recently and whatnot. That for you guys to make a record in that studio, like, I can't, I can't even imagine. I can't even find the words to say it. Overall, the experience obviously was great. Yeah, it was, a, it was like a dreamland there. When we were done, it kind of sucked. It was, uh, I didn't want to leave. It was like really amazing and really normal too, and really like cool. comfortable. Yeah. It was just really nice to be there. I don't know. What did he have to say about the music? Uh, not really a not whole lot. Much. He was like, cool. But yeah. he, he's kind of known for being like a hands-off yeah, guy. Yeah, he stays pretty neutral, I think. But like he yeah. did, he did like when we were mixing, like he he like mixed stuff and asked us how it sounded, and we like tweaked stuff together. He was he didn't like sit at the console like, all right, how do you want like he kinda had like a little he had his little like pre mixed sort of situations for each song that he thought sounded good and then we go off of that. I I'm embarrassed that I didn't know that already. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's yeah. not a big deal. Now I'm racing through my head trying to figure out questions to ask about it all. <laughs> um, yeah, that's awesome. Sorry. I'm still like, fuck yeah, you guys recorded Steve. That's awesome. That's like the perfect mix for what you guys are doing. How do you guys, um, the record comes out February? Yeah. What do you yeah, guys do? Around there. And then what's back on the road again? Yeah, starting in like February, we're going to hit it. So we're going to do like US. I think we'll be in Denver in like March or April. Cool. Hopefully go to Europe. 
Just do it up. Yeah, I don't know. Nice. Um, I'll start wrapping it up and hopefully think of more Steve Albini questions. <laughs> I So I, I tell this often. My listeners are probably tired of hearing it. I have this idea that somewhere in the middle of nowhere America, there's a little kid listening to this who's like, I love Meat Wave and wants to start a band but doesn't know how. How would you recommend this kid to like pick up a guitar, find his voice, and like get out there and make music? How did how did you figure out you can make music? Well, it's a lot of uh, trial and error, I feel like, and like just throwing whatever you can out. And I think most like a lot of it's gonna be bad at first, maybe. I feel like it's been a very long process to to like get here, like to making music that I'm comfortable with playing and listening to, you know. But yeah, I think if you're like actually passionate about it and actually want to do it, you just have to fucking do it and uh, experience the good and the bad of it, I think. Yeah. I was somebody as a kid who waited for people to give me permission to do it, but you don't need permission to make art or any kind of sort of thing, right? I don't think so, no. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's your own will. I, I was always the kid like, hey guys, I got this idea, should I do this? And they'd be like, no, it's dumb. <laughs> and I always deeply regret not following through on those things. But you were guys who probably were like, didn't listen to anything, probably didn't need to ask for guidance. But for that kid that's listening out there, um, how did you find the courage to like get up in front of people and make this stuff happen? Because um, getting up in front of a crowd is daunting. I feel like it's actually more daunting now than it was when I was younger because like you when you're younger you're like I'm in this band we're doing this and now you're like very self-aware of like how your band sounds together and where you fit in because when you're younger like you're just playing music and like you're playing your part and you might not be able to like really tune into what everybody else is playing so I feel like when you get older I guess I'm going off the cover tangent no it's cool um, yeah I don't know Good. Just go for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Any words of wisdom from Um Power chords. Learn power chords <laughs> like straight away. Don't waste your time with these open chord posts. Just yeah. learn power chords and learn some Weezer songs or something. Hell yeah. If you're playing drums, <laughs> don't think you're better than ACDC because you're not. Yeah. And I don't, I think uh, you shouldn't expect anything but if only just the like joy of playing. Yeah. Because I don't know. It's, yeah. It's fucking hard. If you're <laughs> trying to be rich and famous, uh, this is not the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, the more, the bands that I talk to that are more successful or like, like this wasn't, this was kind of a side project band, right? Meat Wave? Yeah, it yeah. started that way. Yeah. Yeah. And then like probably out of fun, and then that fun translated into some kind of success. It's yeah, we definitely weren't thinking about um, like showing a lot of people. I was, I knew I imagined that we would start a band and like we would play shows for our friends. Yeah. And so that's how it began, yeah. And so when, when you guys are on this ride months and months and months, do you ever like do you ever have a moment where you just sit back and like, I can't believe what the fuck I get to do? Yeah. Yeah, especially like being here and like cool places. Yeah. It's always like super nice. Uh, 
to just be able to do it. We have the luxury of doing it, so we try not to forget that. Sometimes you get a little bratty or like, uh, you know, uh, spoiled maybe, but. Yeah, like we, we got to go to Europe and Iceland and meet tons of cool people and like, if, uh, if nothing else happens after this and we got to do that, that's really cool to me. Like I, I didn't think I'd ever get to do any of that stuff, so. I know like when I'm having a bad day, I can take a stroll through my old Instagram posts and I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah. What, what am I being a little bitch about? Look at all the dumb shit <laughs> I've gotten cool to do. Shit. And uh, that's that's what I try to get at. It's like all you got to do is get up off the couch. Participation and having fun is like the. Uh, it's so much more rewarding than like being rich or famous for me. I don't know. Yeah. I'm never gonna be rich and famous. So. <laughs> and, and I think once you ex- accept that idea. Um, it's been accepted. Yeah. We we're just doing it. That's all. Cool. These are all good, good stopping points. But I want to talk more about Steve Albini. But I don't know what to ask. What? How did you guys? How did you guys uh, end up in that studio? What's the vetting process like for that? I think he'll work with pretty much anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah there is no just gotta process. book the time, baby. Just nice. gotta book the time. And we, yeah, <laughs> we had like four or five days there. Um, and it's four or five days enough time to blast out a record. It was, it was, Barely. the pressure was on, for sure. We actually, like, practiced ourselves a couple times recording that album, so. Those are always, we knew my, what it was. Those are always my favorite records, though, are the ones where it's like, yeah, we recorded this in five days. Yeah, rec- we recorded and, and mixed it in five days, so it's, it is what it is, really. Yeah. I feel like, holy shit, uh, I feel like studio recordings these days kind of cannot be trusted. Uh, like sound is easily manipulated and that's a nice thing about Steve Albini is you have some kind of assurance when you listen to it and that's like a real performance that's actually the band playing it's not Pro Tools you know everything like a line to a click everything notched on to like the exact right pitch it should be on. I kind of feel like that's ruining music a little bit. I agree, I agree. And yeah. uh, I really don't like listening to those kinds of recordings. Yes. Well, we're all out of beer. Yeah. Uh, one last question and we can go drink some more beers. Um, you guys have already done so much in such a short amount of time. What are you guys hoping to gain from the next year with this new record? It's a big... I think it would be cool if it was like received well of course um (laughs) if people liked it and we could like tour and like maybe go to some places we haven't gone before like like pup was talking about it they've been to australia and stuff that would be so cool to do um but well i guess we'll see what happens we can yeah i think we're only hoping for like a very slow uphill climb you know like it's if it just gets a little better and it keeps being cooler and we keep getting to play that's I think all we could really ask yeah. at this point and how important is it to keep having fun while you're doing it the most the most <laughs> yeah yeah we're trying to keep it interesting for ourselves I think that's important nice cool well uh, alright guys um, let's go grab some more beers Hell this yeah. is fun 
Thanks for dude. hanging out and chatting with me. We've yeah. tried to do this a couple times before. I'm glad it worked out. Finally made it happen. So hell yeah. Uh, what are you guys drinking? What are we drinking next? More beers. I I might have one more. I saw the brown lager and I got one for that. Hell yeah. And it's great because I love it. Hi guys. Let's go drink more beers. <laughs> All right, buddies. Chris, Joe, Ryan. Thank you so much for hanging out. Uh, it was great to see you guys play two nights in a row. And uh, hopefully we'll see you guys again soon in February. Again, I'm going to be in December uh, in just like three, no, not even three weeks, two weeks. Jeez, i got to find a place to stay. Anybody want to hang out in Chicago, I'll be there uh, December 8th through the 12th. Uh, we're going to go see the Lawrence Arms, Mr. T Experience, the Nobodies. There's a bunch of bunch of great shows happening that weekend in Chicago. Um, and if anybody wants to hang out, do some day drinking with me, maybe some of the guys from Meat Wave, We'll see what we can do. Um, just, again, super, super rad dudes. I really, really enjoy my time hanging out with the Meat Wave guys. Uh, just just the sweetest, sweetest, sweetest dudes. Um, so please uh, visit MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes. We're also available on Stitcher, all your favorite podcasting sites. Um, we've got some really, really, really cool stuff in the works. I've, I just started Airwolf PR, which is my small PR company. I've got a really, really cool record. It's coming in down the line that uh, in the next year. And then also, uh, I haven't really announced this anywhere, but um, Mostly Harmless Podcast is producing a two-day, three-venue punk rock festival in February. So shh, keep that quiet. I don't think anybody really listens this long anyway. Um, so that's going to be announced in the next two weeks officially. Um, we are going to have some stupid, cool bands on there. Unfortunately, Meat Wave will not be on it, but, well, I don't know. It's actually too early to Maybe I should have their booking agent. Anyway, enough rambling from me. Uh, Meat Wave have a new record coming out, and as we now know, Jesus Christ, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> that record is recorded by Steve Albini. Uh, I am super excited to hear it. Maybe I'll try to interview Steve Albini when I'm out in Chicago. I wonder, that can't be that hard to make happen. Um, but this is The Incessant. It, it will be out, I believe, sometime in February from Side One Dummy Records, the best damn record label in the universe. Uh, thank you, Jamie and Joe and all the guys over at Side One Dummy. Um, I think I interview more Side One bands than anybody else, but uh, I've rambled I've rambled way too long. This is The Incessant from Meat Wave coming out soon. Uh, buddies, we'll see you in the funny pages. You take care now. Have a happy Thanksgiving if you're into celebrating that. I'm going to drink a bottle of whiskey and watch Gilmore Girls, and uh, it's probably going to be the best day of my life. So, all right, buddies, see you in the funny pages. Take care now.